Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Get those sermon notes out. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 3. And uh, I want to say a couple of things before, uh, before going any further. I, I just don't do this often enough. I want you guys to know how much Jennifer and I love you. I, I'm telling you, it's just a joy to do what, what we do. And every time I stand in front of you, I'm just in awe of the privilege that it is. I, I'm still amazed that you would want to, to come and listen to a big redheaded guy from Oklahoma. I just, uh, I just don't understand that. But thank you. It's very humbling. And uh, I want you to know we, we love you. We pray for you all the time. We're going to start a, a series today, a three-week series called The Me I Want to Be, uh, The Me I Want to Be, and I'm going to teach on something that I've really, I've never really taught on before, and I want you to write this down, letter A, before we go any further, God, God wants his children to be confident. He wants his children to be confident, and this is not going to be a, a long sermon. It's not going to be um, uh, something that is extremely in-depth, but I'm telling you, it's going to be life-changing, and it's so important that you know this. In fact, confidence as God is really found throughout the entirety of Scripture, and there are so many verses that I could have brought up today, and I really felt like the Lord led me to Philippians chapter 3, which we'll get to in, in a second, and, and I want, I want to uh, just share a couple of thoughts with you before we go any further that that there are some people here on the, in this room and listening online that you deal you don't have confidence. In fact, you struggle with low self-worth. I used to call that low self-esteem until, uh, remember Paul Spasik, who was on staff here for a lot of years as our counselor until he retired. Uh, uh, Paul used to, to, to talk, and, well, I mean, he and I used to talk a lot, and, and I mentioned low self-esteem. He said, you know what, I, I don't use that term anymore. I use the, the term low self-worth. And he said, I think it's more, he said, I think it's, it's something that really, is more biblical in saying it like that. And then he started giving me reasons of why low self-worth instead of low self-esteem. And I, I thought it was brilliant. I've just stayed, stayed with that term ever since then, low self-worth. That, that the, the, the culture calls it low self-esteem, but yet in the Bible, as looking at it from the Christian's perspective, and I will teach you why in here in a second, that we call it low self-worth, low self-worth. And so um, uh, a lot of you struggle with that. In fact, there's, and, and I'm going to talk to ladies here just for a second because typically this is, this is something that the ladies deal with. Uh, self-deprecation, just self, you're self-deprecating, meaning, meaning this, you're, you're critical. You're just critical of yourself. If you struggle with this, you, you know you struggle with this when, when, when these thoughts enter into your mind all the time and you just tell yourself, oh, I'm so stupid. That was so dumb of me. I can't believe I just did that. Or you're, So you're critical of yourself or then you even announce it to others like, look how stupid I am. And, and I want to tell you that you that that's not of God. Can I tell you that? That that's not the way that God wants you to think, that you are a person of value. I want to tell you this, that everybody makes mistakes. Everybody's been stupid. Every, listen, I, I've not only been stupid, I don't know that I'm done being stupid. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, still, I still do some dumb things. I could tell you a list of stories. I have story after story of me doing dumb things. Uh, one of the more recent ones was I decided to light this fire up by taking a can of gas and just pouring it over the top of it. 
until the flame just traveled up, you know, I threw that thing away, and I was running away, and, and um, I hit the ground, and my kids are all there, my wife is there, like, wow, dad, that was cool, you just ran out of there and just dove, and I said, no, I didn't dive, I just tripped, <laughs> true story, everybody, I just tripped, fell on my face, they thought I was just diving, no, I wasn't, because um, I'm not that smart, everybody. I'm just not. So I've been stupid, and I don't, I'm not convinced. I don't want to be stupid, but I'm not convinced I'm not done yet. You know what I'm talking about? And yet, to say that, I can say that in jesting, in, in joking, but some of you really struggle with that. You really just, you're just critical of yourself, and you call yourself names. Can I, can I tell you something that's not from God? On the, the other side of it, um, you have low self-worth, but the other side is you have pride. And this, this is confidence that you have in yourself. And, and guys, this is a man issue. This is a man issue, pride, that we struggle with this more than the ladies do. They usually struggle with low self-worth, and we struggle with pride. We're the guys that walk past the mirror and have to flex, you know, because we think we're all that. We're the guys who go, I can solve that. I can do that. And, and I think, um, in fact, let me say it this way. Have you ever noticed that on Mother's Day and Father's Day, that that on Mother's Day and Father's Day, I don't, I'd never preach a sermon just straight to moms because I know that there are a lot of dads in the room that really just, they're just going to tune me out the whole day. Well, this is not my sermon. This is for them and not for me. And likewise, on Father's Day, I don't just preach a sermon to men and just make the, the ladies sit there through it. I just don't think that's appropriate, everybody, because I only have 52 Sundays out of a year. I only have 52 sermons to give you the word. And I don't, I don't want to lose, I don't want to take one of those sermons where it doesn't apply to every single person in this room. You know what I mean? So I just stay out of it. And today, so if you're looking for a Mother's Day message, today's your message. And if you're looking for a Father's Day message, today's your message. Because we're, we're focusing on confidence and what that means. And that deals with your low self-worth, but it also deals with your pride. Okay? So listen up, because this is really, really important. And I'm going to show you a couple things before we go any further that let it be, write this down, that it has to be, and I'm going to say this off the start, it has to be God-confidence and not self-confidence. Because self-confidence is actually a form of pride, and you know that God opposes the proud. The Bible says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You don't want to stand in opposition to God, do you? You don't want God to oppose you, and so I would tell you, pride needs to be out of your life. So, 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 and if anybody says, hey, hey, we need to be more confident, we need, we need to have some self-confidence, can I tell you something? We need to be God-confident, God-confident. If I were a motivational speaker, I'd be standing up here today, because motivational speakers do it all the time. They stand in front of a crowd, and they're like, well, you are somebody, and you could be somebody. You need to be confident in, in yourself. That's motivational speaking. That's not the Word of God. The Word of God says, hey, in and of myself, I, in and of myself, I have no power. But God in me is strong. God in me is strong. I can do all things through, through Christ. That's God confidence. It's not self-confidence. And so I am a confident person, but I am a God-confident person. And any time that I realize that self-confidence is coming up, God kind of has this way of reminding me about that. And then I just say, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be self-confident. I want to be God-confident. And there is a huge Difference, and I'm going to prove this to you in Scripture, in Philippians 3. So, so self-confidence says, hey, I can handle this. But God-confidence says, but God can handle this. God can handle this. 
Philippians 3, starting in verse 1. Paul says to the church at Philippi, Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. If there's one thing that I try to do, new song, every single Sunday, as your pastor, is I try to safeguard your faith. If you, if you notice, if you've just started coming to New Song, you'll notice this even more. That when you come to New Song, we don't take Sunday mornings and beat you up and then send you out. We don't, we don't bring you in here and browbeat you and tell you what a loser you are and how you need to be doing better. And We don't talk about your badness. We talk about God's goodness. My job as a pastor is never to discourage you. My job as your pastor is to encourage you is to place courage within you, and I do that by teaching you the things of God and who God is and his nature and his character and why and how you can trust in him. I'm placing courage in you. So this is a safe place. Can I tell you something? This is a safe place to bring your friends who might say, well, I used to go to church, but boy, they were totally messed up. man." You know what? You can tell them my church is different. I'm telling you, my church is different. My church is a life-giving church. Now, my pastor, he challenges us. And, and, and can I tell you something? It is my job to challenge you. If I didn't challenge you with the word of God, I would be a terrible pastor. But I don't browbeat you. And I don't put you down. And I don't place, I, I, don't, I don't discourage you. I encourage you. Saying, hey, listen, listen, there's some things that, that God needs to do in us, so let's allow him to do it. There's some things in my life, New Song, that need to change. There's some things in your life that need to change. And I've, I've, I'm, I'm convinced that I don't need to tell you what those things are. You already know. But I can point you to the one who will do the work. And that's all I do is I just point people to Jesus. And in your life, didn't even mean to say this this morning, but in your life, can I tell you how to live your life? You live your life with purpose, just pointing people to Jesus. That's all you do. Just point people to Jesus. You just point people to Jesus. And that's not self-confidence. That's God-confidence. And there's a difference. Let's look what Paul says again. Verse 2. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. And what he's saying is, hey, be careful around the ones that just come in and tell you everything that you're doing wrong and how you look is wrong and how you're acting is wrong. And that, that, that they come in and they just browbeat you and tell you why you don't measure up. He said, watch out for those people. In fact, he calls them dogs, which is one of the, one of the biggest put downs you could have in this, in this history, in this, in this moment in biblical history. He said, for we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. And I underline this for you. We put no confidence in human effort. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anybody could. Indeed, if if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Now he's going to tell you, what those things are. And here he goes. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. That was according to the law. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. 
I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. What's this? I once thought that these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless. Why? Because of what Christ has done. Those things are worthless to me now. Because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I'm going to go back to verse 8, and I'm going to show you something so powerful here. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. The infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Can I tell you something? We're not talking about knowing about Jesus. It doesn't say that. It's not knowing about Jesus. It's actually knowing Jesus. And there's a difference. Let, let me show you some things in this that I think are important. First of all, write this down. Pride and humility are both forms of confidence. Did you know that? You say, whoa, humility is confidence? Absolutely. Pride and humility are both forms of confidence. Pride is when you have confidence in yourself. Humility is when you have confidence in God. Humility is when you have confidence in God. Humility is not self-deprecation. Humility, humility is not going around and telling other people how bad you are or how stupid you are. That is not humility. Humility is not putting yourself down in front of others. Humility is not saying to others, I am so ugly. That is not humility. In fact, and let me, let me tell you why it's not humility. Because hu humility, humility uh, if you're truly humble, if you're truly humble, then all focus goes to God. Because pride focuses on yourself, but humility focuses on God. And the fact that, that in your humility, you're calling yourself ugly, who are you focusing on? Well, you're not focusing on God. You're just focusing on yourself. Well, I'm so ugly. And I know what's happening. Ladies, listen, listen, listen. I get it. I know it. Because you, you, there are so many in this room. And if you don't feel this way, ladies, I'm so proud of you. But if you do, if you struggle with low self-worth, if you look in the mirror and you think, I'm just so ugly, can I tell you something? That is not humility. In fact, that's egotistical. As you say, Pastor, that doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. What does ego do? Ego just focuses only on you. And when you're standing in the mirror and you're, you're seeing yourself and like, look at me, I'm so ugly. What is that? That's ego. That's, that's, that's looking at yourself, but that's not what humility is. Humility, humility says, don't look at me at all. I, I don't want you to look at me. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Humility isn't, oh, look at me. Look how ugly I am. Look how terrible I am. That's not humility. Humility is don't look at me at all. 
Humility is, if anything, I just want you to see Jesus. So let me give you an example of this, everybody. I just recently, not too long ago, I was in a, a, a pastor's meeting, and there were a few of us that were called there just to help out, just to speak some life, and, and we were doing kind of a roundtable type of thing, and they were asking us questions. And can, can I tell you, you're part of something special that God is doing here in Plymouth. I, I mean, you're, you're, you're part of something very, very special. We're, we're seeing a move of God in Plymouth, and here, is, and here at New Song, like most churches, the vast majority of churches don't see. And it's a grace thing. It's a God thing, everybody. It really is. And yet I'm asked sometimes, hey, would you come over here and just speak some life into these other pastors? And so I go there, and there's this round table, and they have pastors asking questions. And this other guy and I, we were supposed to be given these, these answers and just helping brothers out, helping some pastors out, which is just what I went there to do. I just wanted to be a blessing. I just wanted to help. So somebody would ask a question, and this brother would just speak up. He'd say, oh, we've always done blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's a good answer. Another question. As soon as they finish it, in fact, sometimes they didn't even finish the question. He's already talking again and giving the answer. Oh, well, we've always done blah, 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 and I've always thought blah, 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 blah. And I'm just looking at my watch thinking, man, this guy won't shut up. And at the end of it, they, they finally looked at me and said, well, Pastor Justin, you, you really haven't said anything at all. And I said, well, I'll answer anything you ask me. You know? And I, and I wanted to say so badly. <laughs> As if I had a chance. You, you know what I'm talking about? And, and, and in those moments, can I tell you something? I'm okay to take a, bad seat, a back seat because this guy... He was prideful. He just thought he had every answer in the world. And if you just lived life the way that he was living life, that your church would just blow the roof off itself. You just were explosive growth. If you just do what I do, and I'm just sitting there like, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You're acting as if you're building the church. You're not building a church. Christ builds the church, everybody. It's the grace of God. So I can help you out. I can try to answer some questions. But if they say, hey, how do you make your church grow? I'm like, well, pray. Call, call upon the Lord. I can, yeah, I can, I can help. I can, I can maybe point out some things that you could do better. Maybe help you know what not to do. Because, uh, you know, things that are not healthy, they don't grow. Healthy things grow naturally. So I tell people, I, I, in fact, that they said, Pastor, if you could just say one thing to us, what would you say? And I would just say, you know what? Don't worry about church growth. Just worry about church health because healthy things just naturally grow. And my job is, as a pastor is, is not to create growth. I don't have that power in me. But as a pastor, I can remove any obstacle that would keep us from growing. I could, I could help make the church healthy. I, I can help keep the church healthy to allow growth. And that's what God has called me to. And I, I just tell him, I just love God. I just love people. And I try to make wise decisions. You know, and hey, if, you, if you're ever up against something, I just told him, hey, if you're ever up against something, you just want to talk it through, just give me a call. But this guy, he was the wrong guy to have at the table because he was just filled with pride. He was filled with self-confidence. And if everybody just did what I did, well, everybody would be fine. Can I tell you something? Self-confidence. Self-confidence. 
and this is, so there might be people in the room that disagree with me, but I want you to hear it in context. Self-confidence is not from God. God-confidence is from God. And I am a confident person. I really am. But I'm confident in God. And that means I don't have to go out there announcing. How do I say this? I, I don't have to go out there announcing everything that I think is great at New Song or the decisions that I made that I thought have been great decisions. I don't have to go out there announcing that because that's not what I'm about. I just point people to Jesus. I just point people to his word. And I'm confident, but I'm not confident in me. I know me. Without Christ, I make a mess of things without Jesus. Can I just be honest with you? I, I make, I don't know about you, but I make a mess of my life without Jesus. Are you hearing me? If Jesus wasn't in my life, my marriage wouldn't be healthy, but I'm grateful it is. But it's not me. I just got to point you to Jesus. It's just Jesus in, in me. It's Jesus in us. It's Jesus in our marriage. It's Jesus in our home. I have a great family, everybody. I've got great kids that are obeying the call of God. They're answering the call of God. And you're the, people, boy, oh, you must be such a great parent. Can I tell you who's the great parent? It's God. God is the great parent. I just listen to him because I'm a nobody in this story. You get what I'm saying, everybody? I'm just a nobody in this story. And every now and then, every now and then, the, the devil will try to creep up and try to, try to either tear you down and then you focus on yourself, ladies. Oh, I am so stupid. I did it again. I'm a terrible mother. I can't believe I just did that. I didn't need to yell at them and I just yelled at them. I'm such a terrible mother. No, you're not. You just made a mistake. You're a great mom. You're a great wife. Stop tearing yourself down. You're too focused on yourself. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Men, don't walk into a room as if you own it. <laughs> Can I tell you something, men? This is a good word for you. Your biceps don't impress your wife. I was going to say something, but I can't. I was going to say unless she's in the mood. Then it might. Okay, so we're talking about married people. It's okay to say that. Your biceps don't, your biceps don't impress your wife. A heart, a heart that follows Christ will be the most impressive thing to your wife in the entire world. If you are just a man of God, she's not looking at your biceps. She's looking at your heart. I promise you that. Yes, she wants you to provide. Yes, she wants you to protect. But she wants you to be a priest first and foremost. She wants you to be the priest of your home. She wants you to have a, a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. She wants you to be God-confident, not self-confident. I promise you. I promise you. I'm trying to help you out here. I'm trying to help you out. So, to live with confidence. Number two, write this down. To live in confidence. We've got to move past believing in God to simply believing God. We've got to move past just believing in God to actually just believing God, just straight up believing God. 
So, so, so now let's talk about some, some other things because we've talked about life issues. Now let's talk about some spiritual issues. See, see what you want from me, you may, may never have even thought about this before, but when you come to me as your pastor and you say, Pastor, listen, I'm going to the doctor. I don't know what's going to happen. Or I just came from the doctor. Here's what he said. What happened? Or, or pastor my marriage, or pastor my children, or pastor my finances. When you come to your pastor, you're looking for something. You're not looking for a person who would say, well, I believe in God. You're not looking for a prayer that says, well, God, I know you're able to heal them. I just don't know if you will or not. So, whatever. Totally up to you. Okay, well, we prayed. You can go now. You're not looking for that. You know what you're looking for? You're not looking for a person who believes in God. You're looking for a person who believes God. You're looking for a person of faith. You're looking for a person who's going to fight the fight of faith with you. So, so if you're looking at that from me, why can't we get that from each other? Why can't we be the type of people that are actually not confident in ourselves and we're not just knowing things about God, we actually know God. We don't know things just about Jesus, we actually know Jesus. And we know his word and we know his promises. Therefore, when we gather together and we pray for each other, I'm not praying a prayer of, well, I, I know that God can, I just don't know if he will. You know, like, no offense, but if I have a bad diagnosis in my life and you come up to me and say, well, pastor, I know that God can, let's just see if he does. I don't really want you praying for me. Like, no offense, but I want somebody who's going to call out to God on my behalf and believe for my healing. They're going to believe for restoration. They're going to believe for provision. They're going to believe for reconciliation. They're going to believe for deliverance. They're going to believe for the supernatural. Not only that God can, but that God will. I want that person praying for me. See, confidence. See, I... I when I pray for somebody, I believe for them. And I look at them and say, hey, listen, I'm believing for you. I'm believing with you. I'm believing it's going to happen. That, that the miracle is going to be there. I'm believing for you. To which they always give me a hug. Say, Pastor, I can't say thanks enough. And I've realized that that's who we're supposed to be. Not believers in God alone, but actually people who go beyond that and just believe God. We don't just believe in him. We just believe him. There's a difference. And I'm telling you, the Bible says that there are these promises that we have access to. They are our promises because we are children of God and they belong to us. The Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. They are yes and so be it. So when I pray, I say a so be it at the end of it, that it is done. Sometimes people come up to me. I remember the story about Smith Wigglesworth. I don't care if you like him or not. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth, uh, it, maybe you don't even know who this, this guy is, but he was a, a, he, he, I'm telling you, just thousands upon thousands of healings accompanied his ministry. And he, people would stand in line for him to pray for them, and he would pray for them, and and then they'd get back at the end of the line. They'd go through again because they didn't receive their healing. They didn't receive the deliverance or whatever they were praying for. So he'd, he'd look at him and say, I already prayed for you. Well, yeah, but I'm, I, come, I'm, I need prayer again. He's like, I only pray once. Like, I only pray for you once because at this point, I already have faith. Now it's your faith. And I, I can't do anything about that. 
I can't make you believe. And, and I think the guy was a little bit rude in doing that. I don't know if he should have handled it like that. But how many know prophets are a little bit weird sometimes? You know, evangelists are a little bit weird. Some, have you ever noticed that mighty men and women of God sometimes they're just a little bit, oh, okay, okay. But there's some people that I know that are like that that are just a little like, oh. And yet, when I have a prayer need, they're one of the first ones I go to because when they pray, they touch the heart of God. They touch the throne of God. And when I ask them to believe for something, they believe for it. And I know this about God, that he always honors faith. He always honors faith. So when I, so when I walk into a moment of praying for somebody, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the promises of God that I know are true. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And I just declare them. And I just believe it. And we have experienced, we have seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle here at New Song over and over and over and over again because we are a people who believe. How many know that God has called us to be believers? There should have been a bigger amen than that, I'll tell you that. We are called to be believers, not doubters. So how does this work out in your life? Do you have low self-worth? That's not of God. Are you prideful? Not of God. Are you confident in yourself? Not of God. But this is one thing I know and I love about God. Write this down, number three. That God delights in replacing who we are with who he is. And if you just lay that down before him, Father, I really struggle with low self-worth, and I repent of that. Father, I really struggle with pride, and I just repent of that. I don't want to be confident in myself. I want to be confident in you. That God delights in replacing who we are with who he is. Let me read this to you. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, now, We now have this light shining in our hearts. We have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear, everybody. New song, this makes it clear that our great power is from God. It's not from ourselves. Listen, listen. As a believer, make no mistake, you are a person of authority in Christ. As a believer, you have authority. You do. But it is not self-confidence. It is not self-given authority. It is the authority that we have because of Christ in us, because of God in us, because of his power in our lives. I am a person of authority, but it has nothing to do with anything except this. It is based upon my faith. I am, a, I am a person of authority because I simply believe the word of God. Because I have chosen to do what God has asked me to do. And he's asking all of us to do. He said, listen, would you just believe? Like, I'll do the rest. If you just are a person of faith, I'll just take care of the rest. I just want you to believe. I just want you to believe. I just want you to believe me for it, and I'll take care of that. Hey, listen, I want you to believe for the supernatural, and I'll take care of it. I just want you to believe. 
See, the authority that I have in my life has nothing to do with Justin's power. Justin isn't powerful, but Christ is powerful in me. Christ is powerful in you if you are a child of God. Christ is powerful in you. Yeah, you're like a jar of clay. You're fragile. Oh, but Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, you are a person of authority. But don't be self-confident. Be God-confident. You can walk around and say, listen, I am a person of value because of Christ in me. I'm a person of worth because of Christ in me. And when I pray, things happen because Christ moves through me. Because Christ teaches me. The Bible says the Holy Spirit actually teaches us what to pray. Don't you think if the Holy Spirit teaches us what to pray, there's pretty good odds he's going to answer the prayer? Think about that. Is, he, is the Holy Spirit going to tell you how to pray and then say, oh, by the way, you did great on the prayer, praying part. I'm just not going to answer. Sorry. I, do we really think that that's the way it works? That doesn't make sense. Right? So if, if the Holy Spirit is teaching us how to pray, and we pray relying totally upon the power of God and his love for us, don't you know that God is going to do it? He's going to do it. So we walk around with authority, but not in your own strength. You don't have any without Christ. But in Christ, you're more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? Are you receiving this today? I'm telling you, it is God in you. So know him. Study him. Pray, with, pray to him. Spend time with him. Know him because that is infinite value in your life. So do you deal, deal with low self-worth? Get to know him better. Do you deal with pride? Get to know him better. And all of a sudden, the confidence or the lack thereof It'll be changed. You'll be molded into his image and you'll know that you are a person of authority. You are a person of worth because of Jesus Christ in you. Let's stand up together. What I've done, I know this is a very unique day. What I've, what I've done is, um, once again, you know me. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Meaning we speak life. The Bible tells us to speak life, not curses that there's power in a blessing, that there's a priestly blessing. And I do this often. If you're new to New Song, this is something that I do on a regular occasion as the, just the Holy Spirit just shows me. And, and today's one of those days that, that God showed me exactly, God shared with me exactly what he wants me to speak over you. Now, if, if the Holy Spirit gave me these words, can I, can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is... is that if God gave me these words, that God is going to answer this in your life. If you just embrace it, take it by faith, just receive it. And, and at the end of this, if you say, Pastor, you know what, that prayer, I need to pray it every day over my own life. Just contact me and I'll give you a copy of it, okay? So I wrote it down and you're going you're gonna to see, if you know your Bible, you're going to see this is just a lot of scripture. I am just literally quoting the word of God over you today. I'm putting it in, in more modern terms. I'm, I'm personalizing it, but it's just the word of God. And I'm going to speak it over your life. And especially if you struggle with pride, men, if you struggle with pride. Ladies, if you struggle with low self-worth. Now again, that could overlap, but usually that's the case. 
could you just open up your hands toward heaven and just, as I speak this blessing, just receive it and say, Father, I receive this in the name of Jesus. Could you do that? Let's open up our hands toward heaven as I speak this blessing. And before I do, I do pray over you, new song, that you would have receptive hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord would do in your life right here, right now. I pray that he give you ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say. And that whatever is spoken in this moment, the word of God that is spoken in this moment would fall upon fertile soil and would produce a harvest 30, 60, or 100-fold according to the word of God. I speak that over your life, and here we go. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your grace is sufficient for us because your power is made perfect in our weaknesses. Therefore, we will boast about our weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in us. And we thank you for the surpassing greatness of your power towards us who believe and know that you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to your power that works in us. Father, it is not our power, it is your power. So not only is your power working mightily in us, but the weapons of righteousness are at our disposal. You continue to lead us in Christ's triumphal procession, using us to spread the knowledge of Jesus everywhere, which is a sweet fragrance. We declare, Father, I declare that greater is he who's in us than he who is in the world, and that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to demolish strongholds. We are now being strengthened with all power to your glorious might so that we may have great endurance and patience and joy. For you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness and have brought us into the kingdom of the Son that you love in whom we have been redeemed. Father, we declare that you have changed us. You have made us. We are no longer who we once were. We are strong in you and we are strong in the power of your might. Therefore, we will not be afraid. You are working in us. You are working for us and you are working through us. We are valuable to you. So we say, Lord, not to us, O Lord, but to your name be glory forever and ever throughout all generations. We believe it and we receive that we are valuable to our Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ. If you agree with that today, come on, let's say amen and give the Lord some praise. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.